Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid Welcome to another episode of NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, and we've got the former champ, Wilford, here with me tonight instead of Billy. And Wilford, I think your um, your season's been pretty similar to mine the last few weeks. We um, had a bit of a nice roller coaster up top, and then the last few weeks we've both been dropping down a little bit. Yeah, I've had a, a shocker after a, you know, a fairly nice period in the middle of the year um, where I peaked in the top 200, got to 159th, and then... It's just been, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six weeks of red arrows. <laughs> oh, that's so, tough. not been fun. No, well, it did make me feel a little bit better on the weekend when um, when I had all these great gun players that were killing it all on my bench, and then you had exactly the same players on your bench. So I felt vindicated that a former champ made the same errors as me, at least. Yeah, I mean, I can... I'm not so angry at this week, I guess, because I think logically we made some decent calls. Um, I guess with my previous week, I took a couple of punts, um, trying to make some pod moves to try and sneak up the rankings a bit more and, you know, have an outside shot at making the top 10 or whatever. But, you know, that's obviously really backfired. So let's just uh, move on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're still ahead of me, mate, so don't worry. I was... um making my charge to the top 1,000, and then I just um, bombed out the last few weeks. So hopefully the last month is kind of both of us. Um, let's get into Market Watch um, first of all. And the first thing we're going to talk about with our ins for this week um, are the Panthers. Um, and part of that is because uh, last week myself and Billy um, highlighted the Panthers as gun trading targets. Um, the week prior we did as well, and we spoke a bit about them in depth with their draw. Um, and we've spoken about uh, Mansour, who hasn't been fantastic, uh, but a big two to definitely try and trade in last week were Cleary and also um, Peachy. For myself, I, I got in Tyrone Peachy uh, last week, and I got in Nathan Cleary two or three weeks ago. Been really happy with both those purchases. Um, Wilfred, I know that you're pretty big on these guys. Um, Cleary... 6.1%, number two on the most traded in list at the moment. Um, and Tyrone Peachy is number three uh, at just over 5% traded in so far as well. Um, are you still big on them? And obviously with the news of Anthony Griffin now gone, do you see it impacting them for Supercoach? I definitely think uh, both are great trade-ins. Uh, Cleary more so, just because of his difficult position. I think with Peachy, the, the the question is whether he stays at fullback um, or does he face the potential of being relegated to the bench, playing that utility role, which he's so good at because he's so versatile. Mm. I think that's the only concern I have for him. I mean, sure, he's scoring great in Supercoach, but he's actually on the field. I mean, the thing with Supercoach is, you know, attacking stats are king. His defensive work isn't the best. And obviously, you know, the number of points the Raiders scored on them uh, some of it you'd have to attribute to the fullback, you know, since they're in charge of defence and things like that. So he's, you know, left a little bit lacking in that regard, and that might see him lose his spot. Uh, the question is whether he loses it and say goes to left centre or something like that, or if he get loses it and goes into the bench. Uh, I, you know, if you can hold off on trading him, I mean, he plays 3 p.m. on Saturday, so 
there's still plenty of games afterwards. So if, if you're trading players from like say say someone like a Sione Katoa from the Sharks, that that to Peachy would be an ideal trade if you could afford it, because that means you can hold off. <clears throat> excuse me, you can hold off to a final team list to see. Um, but look, I, I mean the the whole Panthers thing. Either it's going to go well for them or it's going to go bad. Uh, I'd lean towards it going well just because I hear, you know, that the the Panthers would rather play a bit more free-flowing um, and, and less disciplined, which I think Griffin is, you know, a bit, bit renowned for, uh, trying to make his players play a fairly conservative, disciplined style. So, you know, you see at the end of the games, that's when the players, you know, basically give a big F you to the to hook and play their own thing, and that's when they get out of the game um, with with the win. So that could be how how they play for the majority of the game. Who knows? Yeah, I tend to agree with that as well. I actually think it's quite a positive um, because Hook does shackle the off the attack a little bit. Um, I agree with you there. And someone like Tyrone Peachy and also Nathan Cleary, um, but even someone like Marnell Blake as a dark horse. Um, those guys being able to have a little bit more freedom in what they do is only going to help. Um, and the other thing too is that even with Hook and his game plan, they were already scoring points and they already had a good draw ahead of them. So now they've got the Gold Coast and Newcastle the next two weeks. There's only four weeks left, so um, you know the next two weeks are really critical, I think, and they've got about as good a draw as anyone um, with the Titans away and then the Knights at Pepper Stadium. So... I tend to agree. I think it's good. And also, on those two matchups too, um, generally when teams have a coach leave, we all know you know, the rule of thumb is if a coach gets sacked, the team wins the next week. Um, normally it lasts for a couple of weeks, I think, before the gloss sort of uh, wears off on the adrenaline and everything of new coach and you know showing up the old coach and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, if you've got these guys running on all cylinders freewheeling attack and, you know, doing the big middle finger to hook for two weeks and they're playing the Titans in Newcastle, I don't think that you could do any better than having Panthers players in your team. So, I mean, I agree with you on all of it. I think there's a lot of positives. Do you think that their, their style of play is going to change much or it's going to be fairly similar? Yeah, that's a really tough one. I mean, I, I just don't know. The Panthers, are they're so talented across the park that a lot of what they do, I think, at the end of the games, they're just playing, you know, they're just chucking the footy around, playing some footy. And <clears throat> that seems to be a lot of a lot of it's just instinctive. So whether, you know, the, the new coach, um, which if you believe that should be Cam Serraldo, if you think he is going to just let them play like that for the full 80 minutes, uh, you know, that's, that could only be a good thing. And I'd be scared if I didn't have at least a couple of Panthers in my, in my team. Starting with Cleary, um, you know, Kikau, Peach, Blake. I mean, even Latani Zelesniak might be a good option if, if he might play fullback if Peach does get moved. So there's a couple of, you know, real pods that you could jump on there. Uh, I don't know if I would, you know, go all in and just, you know, captain a, a Panther every week or try to get, a, you know, four or five of them. Because if this backfires, then you, you know, too many eggs in the same in the one basket, which is what I did with the Warriors, and and that's shot my season down. Yep, same. So <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> take it from me, not not too many of the same, but uh, I think you'd want at least two or three if you can. 
Yeah, actually, one guy that I am a little bit concerned about um, is the guy 10th race trade in at the moment, which is sort of startling to me. Um, big Billy Kickow, he, um, he's getting traded in this week by a few coaches. He makes a top 10 trade in list, which um, I guess I kind of get. But he's been playing 80 minutes um, for most of the season when he's been healthy. Um, and the Panthers obviously have quite a good pack with a lot of depth and guys like Trent Merrin who haven't played as many minutes under hook as what other coaches would normally play him. So I, I'm not concerned about any of the backs, really, um, like I was saying. But some of the forward rotations could muddle things a little bit. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all, as good as Kikau has been, if maybe he, he drops 10 minutes um, or 15 minutes even to sort of distribute those to maybe Merrin and, and change the rotation around a little bit as well. Um, he's probably more of a concern to me than what the backs are. Yeah, look, that's a valid point, and we know he's also been, you know, fairly injury prone. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, the thing with the the top ten list of trades is it's really deceptive at this point of year because, firstly, there's not that many people who have trades, yep. and a lot of them are head to head players. So whether they're grabbing Kakao to cover a potential pod from the other side, I mean. You know, having Kakao against the Titans this week, I'd be worried if I was a head-to-head player. So I probably want to nullify that pod. Um, so I don't know if that's a lot of the the strategy behind it. Um, it's yeah, it's a bit. I mean, I I agree with you. Like, there's a big question mark there. But yeah, I mean, I think if you if you don't have him, you're trading him, and now you're probably just doing it for the sake that you don't want to have him as a you know a pod against you in a head-to-head final. And Cleary and Peachy would probably be your clear one and two as far as the, the two Panthers that you would target out of all of them? Yeah, I think definitely Cleary. He's a clear number one by Miles. Peach, I mean, I have Peachy. I got him two weeks ago um, on the basis that he was named at fullback because I thought like his, his style at fullback would just you know be perfect. And it, it, it looked like that so far. I just don't know if he stays there. That's the big thing. Like, I don't know if it's going to change. Um, if you believe the media reports, um, Hook was the one who decided to give him a run at fullback. So if he's, if that wasn't true, then fine. But if it was true, then maybe we see Peach moved again. That's my concern. Yep, and really valid concern as well. I was scared about that last week as it was, um, let alone after the coach has been sacked. Um, but I guess you can turn that into a positive too because... Peach at the moment is only 6% of teams, and I'd say that that is because yeah, a lot of people are scared to bring him in. And it's one of those things where you see a player that might have either um, position security um, concerns or injury concerns, and you see the masses hold off, and the guy might score 100 yeah. points in a week, but the masses hold off because you're worried, and you don't want to burn trades at this time of year when you might only have one or two left. So that's a real positive spin if you want to get Peachy in you're probably not going to have everyone jumping on him. Um, and with Peachy too, he's now almost half a million dollars. Whereas, you know, taking the risk when you did um, at 420k is a lot better than doing it at 500k. Um, Nathan Cleary's the same. Nathan Cleary's gone up 100k in the last few weeks. He was a much better purchase at, at 440 than what he is at 540. Yep, totally agree. <laughs> so but Even at 540, I still think he's under. So I, I, if you don't have Cleary and you can afford him, I would grab him. Yeah, I think um, he's actually 580, sorry now. Um, I think everybody should be grabbing him. He's still worth it. Um, and, uh, sorry, um, 540 still. I was looking at Kickhouse price. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I reckon he's going to be the best half for the balance of the year. I said that two weeks ago. 
for the rest of the season, I think Cleary's going to be the, the clear-cut half that everybody's going to want between those um, number seven and six positions. So 100% guys should be getting him in. Um, the fact that only 5% or so have gotten him in at the moment is, um, is kind of pleasing because it means a lot of people aren't. And I guess that was another point that I was going to raise with you and also the listeners too. One of the reasons I was big on getting the guys in that were cheaper the last couple of weeks before they went up is because a lot of people fall short in being able to afford it and don't have the trades to be able to do it in the end. Um, so, I mean, I know for you, for example, we were chatting and, and I think you were... <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to bring it up, but I'm going to... Um, no, that's all right. Uh, you, were, you were $100 short of an SJ to, to Cleary trade um, this week or last week. No, no. Uh, I, I could have afforded um, SJ or Milford to Cleary, but I decided to hold off one more week. And now I'm $900 short of Milford to Cleary. So, yeah. And, and it's my last trade. So I'm real, real kick in the teeth. Yeah, so that's a, like, that's a real tough one for you, but um, that's one thing for everyone to remember at this time of year. Like That's why you've got to make those moves because, uh, and it's also why, you know, if, if this was happening 12 weeks ago, um, it would be a real buzzkill because you'd have Cleary as a pod for a week or two and then guaranteed in two weeks' time his ownership would be at 25% and then all of a sudden, you know, it's it, it's all over. Everybody's getting him in and everybody's going to be able to get him in because they can make multiple trades to free up the cash and everything. This time of year, um, people don't have the trades and the money to do that so easily. So I dare say Peachy and Cleary's form the last couple of weeks has probably put a few coaches out of the market as well. So that should be um, pretty good for purchasing them. Um, But let's let's move on from the Panthers because we've spent a lot of time on them now. Um, The... Other guy that's been um, traded in quite a bit. Um, the Panthers make up three out of the top ten trading guys at the moment, by the way. So quite a quite a lot of guys are going all in on the Panthers. I don't mind it too much. Um, but Cook is actually the second most traded in. Uh, with, I was just going to mention it because it's a bit startling to me that, <laughs> you know, it, if you've been holding off to get Cook, I can't believe that um, people have been holding off until the last four weeks of the season to, to realise that this guy's possibly the best player in the NRL this season. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. I mean, he's been so good in the actual NRL and his game is perfectly suited to Supercoach. All the reasons I started with him from round one, uh, I can't believe how did you survive the whole season without him? That's, that's the only question I have. Uh, maybe you ran Smith the whole time, but Surely, at some point, you thought you should get the, you know, pretty much the the highest average player in the in the comp. Well, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a strange one, and especially when he's almost peak price at the moment. He's seven hundred and sixty k, and you know, he's he's playing the Roosters this week, which, as good as he is, you know, you'd forgive him for a bad week against the Roosters if those two teams slog it out. Like out of all the weeks to do it. This is head-to-head finals this week, and you're getting a cook this week for 760k. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a baffling one to me, but let's let's just move on. Um, the, I guess the other one is as well that maybe maybe coaches couldn't afford it, um, and a Cam Smith to Cook was an easy one to make this week with Cam Smith's niggling injury. Maybe maybe that was why Cook yeah. shot up. Still going to cost you 210 grand to do it. Oh, it's crazy. Matt, would you have, would anyone have believed us if we said preseason, hey, Damien Cook's going to be, you know, 15 points better than, than Cameron Smith and he's going to cost you an extra 210k 
if you want to get him four weeks out from the end of the season. I think everyone would have thought that was crazy. You'd be, be laughed out the door if that was the case. <laughs> I actually think me and Billy had that sort of conversation on the um, the preseason pods, and then we sort of went, "No, nah, that's crazy talk. We're being silly now." But um, yeah, it's it, David Cook's been remarkable this year. This guy, number four most traded in, though, has been pretty good the last couple of months too. Valentine Holmes, he's one that I'm really interested in on your take, Wilfred, because me and Billy chatted about him last week, um, so we won't go into his stats and everything in too much detail, but needless to say, he's been killing it. He's been consistently in the 70s sort of average for a couple of months now. Um, He's 661,000, though, and I'm not sure if... I would want to pay 661000 for Valentine Holmes this week against the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, it's a, it's a brave decision to do that. <clears throat> but, I mean, he hasn't scored below 64 since round 12. So that's, you know, a really impressive run. Plus, last week he picked up the goal kicking, which is just... Perfect timing for those who own him already. Yeah, 22 points from goal kicking last week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if that's his floor, uh, that's that's huge. And he'll he'll be a top four centre wing. Uh, I guess, yeah, sure. It's a, it's a matchup against the Storm. But the Storm have given away a fair few points themselves this year. They're not... They're still one of the best defensive teams in the comp, but right now every single team's leaking points. That's the feeling I'm getting from... You look in the score lines lately... Um, and the Sharks. I mean, if they <clears throat> if their attack clicks like they did last week, uh, I think you know Holmes is going to score at you know, a solid fifty plus, even without a try. Um, yeah, he has looked really dangerous, and he and you're right. The um, the scoring seems to be up. The draw hasn't seemed to have mattered too much. Um, I mean, there was that Bruce's Dragons game that we thought was going to be a slugfest, and it was thirty six to eighteen. Um, so it was. It is a little bit hard to pick. I'll, I'll definitely agree with you there. Um, I mean, I'll give you a question with Holmes, though. Um, he is owned by 16% of coaches, and Peachy is about 6% at the moment. Peachy's also $170,000 less. Would you edge towards Peachy instead of Holmes as a pot option, or would you still try and stick with Holmes if you had the money? I think... Um... Like I said, I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are trading this week are head-to-head players, possibly in must-win finals because they're in the bottom half of the eight, in which case, you know, they're probably burning one or or probably both trades to cancel out pods. So, I mean, if if you're looking at someone whose center wing has, you know, Latrell, Fergo, Masters and Holmes, like you might be thinking, look, I'm just going to cancel out Holmes and we'll battle our pods out in the halves or you know, in the in the back row or something like that. Uh, if if that's the case, you know, I think that would that would be where I'd lean. Um, you know, if if you were the favourite, so I think that's there's a lot of strategy behind. I reckon the head-to-head trades. Um, if it, if you're talking overall, then yeah, I'd, I'd go Peach, obviously cheaper. Um, you know, on the up in terms of price as well, plus much better matchup this week. Yep, agree. Uh, the next two guys we're going to talk about together because they're very similar to Holmes anyway. Uh, Ferguson and Mitchell from the Roosters, uh, 636 and 666,000 respectively. Um, they're both at about 2.8% traded in at 6 and 7 in the most traded in. And they've both been absolutely killing it. Um, I've been singing Fergo's praises pretty much the whole season. 
Um, I've missed out on Mitchell because I couldn't afford to do it. Um, but there's no doubt both these guys are going well. Um, I guess it's kind of the same question for me as Valentine Holmes. Do you see either of these guys as musts that you're going to have to trade in? Um, or are you sort of looking at them going, well, they do have a tougher matchup against Souths and there might be better pot options than spending you know, 650-odd K um, for both of these guys? I think right now with um, Fergo, I mean, he's easily the best base stat settling at the moment with no, pretty much no back rollers available. Like, you know, Madison would have been the best, but he's not playing back row. Um, so Fergo's consistently churning out 35 to 40 just in runs, which is ridiculous. Um, plus, then he gets one or two attack stats, and that's him 70, 80 plus like he did in the last couple of weeks. It's um it's uncanny. Like he scores twenty in the first half and twenty in the second half, and he's always got around forty in base. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, he's definitely a really safe option. I don't I don't I think he's matchup proof in that regard. Plus, then you look at the yeah sure this week's gonna be tough, but then you you know you look at the fact that um, the the left center is changing again. Um, you know, there's a couple of changes in in, in their team team list there, so. Maybe Fergo might, you know, get a get over for one try, and then he's on sixty plus easy um, with his base. Then you look at the next three weeks with Raiders, Broncos, Eels. They're they're three teams that are giving up plenty of points to opposition centre wings. So I think he's certainly a really safe option. Latrell, oh gosh, Latrell, he annoys me. <laughs> oh, he annoys me too, as a Roosters fan and also a Super Coach player. Oh, I just hate watching him play. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a freak. Like, he's so strong, so powerful. But he does it, like, you know, three times a game, you know. He decides he wants to actually do something this this, this run. And then he scores, you know, 30 points in a hit. It's it's painful to watch um, and frustrating to be a non-owner like myself. You know what? It's also very frustrating, though, Wilfred. It's it's his um, massive work rate when he takes, like, four or five runs in an 80-minute game. And that happens yeah. um, reasonably regularly still, even though he's still getting better. Um, and that's why I actually am on a Blake Ferguson trade-in if you don't have him um, over getting Latrell Mitchell. Even though Mitchell's got the kicking, um, you know, Ferguson's probably more likely to score tries with the way things have gone this season. Mitchell's on a bit of a hot streak. Um, that can go to one of two ways, in my opinion. Guys just keep doing it, yeah. um, and that can happen, and you get really burnt. But the other thing that can happen is that guys fall off their hot streak, and we saw that with Addo Carr really spectacularly. Um, with Mitchell, if he falls off that hot streak, very much like Addo Carr, he can have 25, 30-point games really, really easily, um, whereas Blake Ferguson can still bust out a 50 um, in those quieter games like you mentioned. So... I, I am a little bit worried that Mitchell might do that. Um, so if I was choosing between the two, I think Ferguson's safer on the base, and I still think that he's got as good a ceiling um, as far as try scoring. Yeah, I think the other thing is uh, Fogo moving to the Eels next year. He probably knows this is his best shot at winning a premiership, eh? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's going all in for that ring this year because he's not going to get in the next three or four, that's for sure. But um, he's also yeah. he's also got the Eels last round too, so you watch out for a Fergo hat trick in that last round against the Eels. 
yeah, I, I can I can see it happening already. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's move on now with our trade-ins. Um, another guy, well, another pair of guys that we we're going to talk about. Uh, it, this is really painful for me. It really hurts deep down. Is Lapana back? Have we seen the return of Lapana? Because I got rid of Leilua right on three or four weeks ago now for about 387k and he's averaged over 100 points the last three weeks I haven't owned him and before that he averaged about 30 points for two months so it's really gut-wrenching for me um Jordan Rapana uh has been killing it as well he had a massive game on the weekend do you think that they can continue on because the draw seems to have not mattered for them yeah it's just it's so hard to tell because he keeps getting swapped. They, they keep swapping sides to starters. Like, I don't even know if they're playing left or right this week. And that makes it really tough to, to, to guess about their, you know, how they're going to, who they're going to match up on and things like that. Um, having said that, Rapana looks like he's back to the Rapana of old. I mean, getting Sinbin and still scoring, I think, 80 or whatever he did last week is impressive. <laughs> and then he, you know, he's he scored 96 this week, so... I definitely like Rapana more than BJ, even though BJ's gone better in terms of his, I mean, yeah, three-round average of 100, like I said. <laughs> uh, but I think just overall, like, how many tries has BJ scored over that time? He's, Rapana. Oh, he's, he's scored a lot. Um, I'm, I'll have a quick look. But, um, I mean, Rapana, I definitely think's better. Um, BJ has gotten one, two, three, four, five... But Vito's gotten like six tries in the last three weeks, if I'm looking at this right. Yeah. Look, he got a hat-trick. He got a hat-trick on the weekend, and he got a try the week before, and he got a double the week before that. All, all since I sold him. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I don't... Six tries. Six tries in three weeks. And a try assist. And Rapana scored uh, three tries. No, sorry. Um, two tries and two try assists in the last three weeks. So, looking at those stats, I think definitely for the scores that they delivered, I definitely you can you, you lean towards Rapana for the high floor um, over BJ because BJ's work rate it's still it's still much lower than what it was. I think he's averaging somewhere around the twenties in his base stats, whereas in his peak year of 2016, he was going at about 30, 35. And then, you know, scoring about 15 points in offloads and tackle bus. So, yeah, I think I worked it out. He, he averaged 50 just in base and base attack stats, which is ridiculous for a set of wing. Well, he's been at 23 this year in base. And the last couple of months, um, he's been very consistent in the 20 to 27 range in his base. He hasn't gotten any better than that. And his base attack, like, his offloading's gone away, whereas Rapana on the weekend had four offloads, which is, is really, really appealing. I'm definitely leaving Rapana over Lebo. And 9% ownership for Rapana as well. So he's still in that pod territory. Uh, and would you believe it? Cheaper. <laughs> and he's cheaper. And would you believe it? I've refreshed and um, Billy Kikau was the 10th most traded in player when we started this podcast. He's not yeah. anymore. Jordan Rapana has gone up to number 10 at 1.6%. So there you go. We, uh, we hit the nail on the head before it even happened. Um, yeah, I think it's a good move. For those trading him in. Yeah, and I'd actually, um, I'd actually think that guys that are struggling for cash, which you know, if you're down to your last two trades, 
Um, that might happen with a lot of people. And if you can get in, say, you know, a Rapana and Cleary instead of a Rapana and somebody who's terrible because you don't have enough cash to be able to do it or, um, you know, vice versa, I think you're better off going with a cheaper option than trying to push a Valentine Holmes in there or a Fergo in there and, and not getting that second trade to someone that's going to be really good and useful. Um, I saw some trades where guys were getting, um, you know, Jared Hayne and Valentine Holmes um, when they could have gotten, um, say, Nathan Cleary and Jordan Rapana, um, but they didn't have the money to alternate that to get a Cleary in there. So they were kind of sacrificing someone else to get a Valentine Holmes in. And it, I just I hated those trades when I was seeing them. But I'll stop rambling. We'll stop talking about Leipana because um, BJ's absolutely killed me this season. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to our pod and, and then we'll uh, move on to the outs. So a bit of a pod um, to chat about that hasn't been mentioned anywhere. And it's kind of a risky one, but in saying that, he has got a bit of form. Wade Graham has um, has returned to quite a bit of form lately. He had a blinder on the weekend. He played really, really well. And I did really think that a lot of the Sharks' attack clicked because Wade Graham was back in that lineup. He um, did some really good things. He scored 97 points on the weekend, had the week before off um, because of the birth of his baby. And the week before that against Canberra, he scored 85 and then 57 the week before that. So he's got a three-round average of 80. He's just over 500k. Uh, hardly anybody owns Wade Graham at all. And for me, he sort of looks like um, quite a sneaky pod for head-to-head players and overall players. Um, so looking at the Sharks' draw really quickly too, he's got the Storm this week, which is a bit harder. But then the Sharks finish off with the Cowboys at home, Newcastle at home, and the Bulldogs away. So for me, a guy that was averaging um, 80 points the last few weeks and has those last three good attacking games, I reckon he's a great hand grenade pod to throw in your second row for your finals matchups if you need a point of difference or even if the overall chases like me and you who want to make up some ground. Yeah, look, I, I had my eye on him a couple of weeks ago as well, actually. Um, but his injury this year has really been uh, off-putting. I wanted to see him put a couple of games together, but, and he actually hasn't. Um, when he scored his 85, he actually didn't return for the second half. <laughs> he got hurt again. So he, he's, he's killing it when, he, when he's on the field. It's just he can't stay, seem to stay on it this year. Like, he's always been pretty sturdy um, and fairly consistent in previous years, but he's only played 14 games this year. And that's, you know, that means he's missed about six or six. And in, you know, one, two, three, four, five of those games he's gotten himself injured or come off of a HIA or something like that. You had a few HIAs yeah, last year as well. I do. Yeah, I know. Oh, you had the, you, that's right, you had the big one where he um, got him in after his 180-point game or whatever it was, and then the um, next game he made hardly any money because he went off right at the beginning. Yeah. It's, he has been more susceptible to injuries the last couple of seasons than what he used to be. Um, I would think, though, if I was doing it, and I can't because I've now used all my trades, but um, if I was doing it, he's got a break-even of one. Playing Melbourne away, I'd leave it for this week. And then if he comes through unscathed and he costs you an extra you know, 25 grand and you've got to pay 540 for him, I would bank on him 
probably being healthy for that three-week run of 23, 24, 25. And then, you know, he's a pretty safe trading, I reckon, and a pretty good pod. I'm really tempted to go Madison to Graham with my last trade. Like, I'd do it this week but not play him. So you got Madison stuck in your second row? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and he's, what, 475k now? Yep. And I've got about, oh, how much have I got? 59 grand in the bank. So this could be a trade I can't make next week because Madison's break even 70. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to make that next week. It's going to be a big call to do it this week. I know, right, because he's got to get hurt and that's the season going for him. And, you know, that'd be my luck judging by my season. So. <laughs> well, I guess one of the positives is because he's in second row, um, it's not like you're going to struggle for cover. You're going to have heaps of other second rowers there to put in his place. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, I mean, I don't really need to make the trade, but I might because I, I like my pod this year. <laughs> there's been some really, really good pods this year. Um, if you could get them for their runs, there's been some great ones. And I tell you what, um, over the last month of football, um, Blake, Cleary, Peachy and Wade Graham have been some of the better standout pods at all between sort of 2% and and 8% ownership over that span. Yeah, they've killed it, absolutely killed it. All right, well, anyone who wants to go for Wade Graham, it's a brave one, but I dare say it's um, fairly calculated because he does have form and the Sharks attack looks a lot better when he's rolling and he's really rolling at the moment. Um, I would do it if I had the traits. Uh, but let's move on to the uh, outs uh, for this week, and I guess um, it's a little bit confusing when we talk about this first guy because um, I'm at a loss to explain why Cameron Smith is being traded out by so many people. Uh, he's the third most traded out at the moment, and look, I guess there's two ways to think about this, and, and you can give me a different perspective, Wilfred, but one thing that I came to mind was, well, maybe people are looking at it as a chance to get Damien Cook for those guys that missed out on Cook and they've just said go for it. Um, maybe people are looking at a pod move for the head-to-head um, finals and maybe they've already got Cook and they think, well, I don't really want to play Cam. Maybe there's some stats gurus who have saw that he's, you know, against some of his opposition, he's only averaged low 50s to low 60s um, and maybe with that uh, foot injury, he's not going to play huge minutes. Um, I don't know. Those were the things that went through my head, but if I was a Cook and Smith owner, I don't think I would be trading Cameron Smith to anybody. Um, and if I didn't have Cook, then yeah, that's probably the only way I could see myself letting him go. Can you see any other way that he's the third most traded out player this week? No, not at all. I can, the only thing I could see, like I said, yeah, um, head-to-head players must win this round. Maybe they were running Smith only or... Maybe they're running, you know, Cook and Smith, and they've they've got a dual position, so they want to just get someone else for him for one week, and then get him back like cheaper next week because he's got a 99 break even. So that seems unlikely that he'll beat that against the Sharks this week. But yeah, look uh, about you know, if you've got if you're flush with trades, then sure. But if you're not, why? <laughs> he's more than likely going to play. Maybe he doesn't kick. Like it's just not worth trading him out. No, it's, it's just not worth the headache. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be benching him this week. Um, I'm thinking about it anyway, um, because there's obviously so many good options this week with the, the games that are being played. But um, 
I don't think I'd be trading him. Um, I guess this sort of segues pretty nicely, though, into a little bit of a chat about Sean Johnson and how you sort of see trading out guns for the last month of the season. Um, and we spoke about SJ a little bit where we both kind of agreed it might be a pod move to get rid of SJ to play someone like Cleary instead because SJ has turned to mud and a lot of people are playing him. Um, I spoke about something similar last week where I said, hey, I might get in Nathan Brown instead of Jake Trebojevic and bank on Brown outscoring him for less money and you have 40% less ownership. Um, and last week it worked because Jerbo uh, was 60 points and, and Nathan Brown was 69. So that went fairly well. Um, when you're going towards this last month, you know, is, is that sort of an option or a strategy that you think is a good one to try and catch up? Or if you're looking at overall on trying to target um, highly owned guns that are sort of that 35 to 50% ownership that you think are going to fall over for the last month and getting in other guys to kind of counteract? Yeah, it's certainly an option. Um, I mean, you call it the antipod, right? So yeah. Your pod move is to not play the popular player. I just, I just don't know if SJ is the right one to do it, to be honest. He's, you know, so explosive for the Knights this week. Um, you know, looking at his last couple of scores against the Knights, uh, 117 last year, 86, 69, 57, 75, 92, 88. Uh, I'm not benching Sean Johnson this week. <laughs> uh, and then you know he's got who's he got the week after I think he's got um, the, sorry uh, he's got the Bulldogs Panthers and then Raiders so it's not a tough like they're not defensive heavyweights you know um, no, no. last few scores 72 58 87 a couple of good ones there and then Panthers so he had his shocker earlier when the Panthers just flogged them out of nowhere. But, I mean, 38, 64, 73, 95, 74. So some decent scores against the Panthers in recent years as well. Yeah, I mean, Cameron Smith is in a similar position too where if you're looking at not playing him to do the anypod move, it might work this week against the Sharks, but he's then got um, Para at home, Gold Coast Titans away, and Penrith at home. So those are three pretty juicy matchups with Cameron Smith um, that I wouldn't want to be a non-owner for for those weeks. Yeah. So the Raiders for the for the Warriors last last round is interesting because his last few scores haven't been so good, thirty-five and forty-one. Then he's got seventy, eighty-five, fifty-two, hundred twenty-nine, hundred twenty-nine. So it's just SJ. Like I don't think I could stomach benching him very often, to be honest. He's just so explosive. Even when he's out of form, he just finds a way. It's just, you know, a little click and he's off. Yeah, I tend to think that we're, that we're all better off not overthinking it too much and just and just not playing some of these guys some weeks rather than trading them out altogether unless you really push for yeah. space in your team. Um, the most traded out guy is Ryan James. And let's just take a second to commiserate all those players all those coaches who paid 700k for him after he got a few tons in a row. How disappointing has he been for like the last month since yeah. he did that? I think, I mean, to be to be fair on him, uh, I heard he's been carrying an injury for you know, the past month or so. So that probably contributed to his poor form. But yeah, he's obviously been very disappointed. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good move to be trading him out. I don't think that you can. I don't think you're going to be playing him at all in the head-to-head finals or for overall chasing points or even consolidating your position. So, at 525k, he's a really good one to trade out and just get somebody else in. Um, I know that you mentioned that he might be carrying an injury, but after he averaged 100 points for that three-round average, he still played 80 minutes for the next two weeks, and he averaged 54 points um, for those two. And he's yeah. yeah. I think that's generally his base anyway. So, you know, he, he is reliant on those big weeks where he does score a try or so. Um, look, he, he was pretty close this week. He got disallowed or something for a forward pass or obstruction or something like that. So yeah, he's going to keep scoring, I think. But, you know, if he's not on the field for, 60, for, for 80 minutes, he's only playing 55, 60, then plus he's carrying an injury. Yeah, he's, he's not really an option. Um, so, so if you're like me and you're stuck with him because you, you, know, you don't really have that many trades left, um, you know, sit him on the bench until you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, I'd only be using him as an AE, I think. But um, someone who didn't get a disallowed try on the weekend and got over was Sam Burgess. And he was one of the um, popular trades this week. Sam Burgess in at the expense of Ryan James out. Um, and I think that's just an absolute gold trade. And I can't really believe this season the amount of, um, I guess, trepidation in having Sam Burgess in your team. Uh, More than any other season, coaches have really shunned him. And even the last month, um, you know, people haven't really been getting him in much at all. Um, This week it's changed. He's in the top 10 most trading this week. But the Ryan James to Sam Burgess trade is on. That's one of the more popular ones. And I think that's a gold trade for your front row position. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I got him in round 13 for the first buy and more than happy to have him since then. I mean, he's he's been, you know, he hasn't scored as many tries and gotten as many attacking stats as he has in the past, but he's been consistent as with getting, I mean, if you look at his stats, he hasn't scored below 60 since round 14. Um, you know, he's just been churning out the stats. And that's with a, a early shower or two in, the, in there. So, yeah, look, I think he's certainly a, a, a... He's in my top 17 every week. Yeah, I, I've been playing him every single week. And you know what? He's like the anti-James because James uh, is obviously goes on his try score and runs, and that's when he gets his big points. Sergis only scored his first try on the weekend. He's actually only scored one for the season, and it was on the weekend. So he doesn't need to score the tries. So, yeah, I, I, that's a great trade-in with um, James out, but... If you got the trades, or if you're just eyeing a forward, Ryan James is a great one to go out. I understand why he's the most traded. Um, TPJ, one of your favourite players, um, I think he's your avatar on your Twitter feed, is um, the fourth most traded out. Um, and I, He's obviously out of the side this week. Um, I've got him, and, and I don't have a trade to get him out anyway, but I don't mind holding him. Um, I understand guys getting him out, but I think I would trade out Ryan James over TPJ if I was going to trade out a fourth. Yeah, look, I agree with that. Um, I think for the Broncos, he's so important. Like, he's so good for them. It makes such a difference to the pack when he's around and fit that I think, yeah, if he's if he's going to play, um, he's, he's always a consideration for your top 17, uh, whether you choose to or not. Um, that's a different story, but... Yeah, look, he's, his game is so good for Supercoach. It's just he's I mean, it's a long season and his body's not handling it because he's still young. 
give them another year and I think it'll it'll be better. But yeah, as it as it stands this year, I'd rather have them. Um, you know, Broncos have a uh, not the best run home, given they've got Cowboys this week, which is a good matchup, but he's missing it. Then the South, and then Roosters, and then last last round of Manly. So, you know, I think he's going to go all right if he gets to play, especially Manly. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'd rather him in my team than Ryan James, given he's got dual position as well, which is always handy, just in case you need it. Yeah, the duel's good for him. And the other thing, too, is when you're comparing the two, um, for me, like, I wouldn't play Ryan James at all, um, pretty much under any circumstances. I think he'd be probably my 20th man. Um, so I'd have to have a few injuries. Whereas CPJ, um, I would play him that last round against Manly if he showed me the couple of weeks before he was healthy um, because he could carve up that Manly one. And that could be a grand final winner for a lot of teams. Teams that are in the grand final, throwing in a, a TPJ against Manly, um, that could be, you know, a real pod move that gets you the championship. So no, definitely agree. Um, so understand, guys, trading him out. I mean, if you got another forward like Ryan James, I'd be trying to get someone else out instead. But it's a fair enough trade out. Um, just a really quick one on some fallen guns, and then we'll move on to TLT. Um, I noticed a couple of guys that have been really popular trade-ins throughout the season getting dumped and given up on, and I was interested on your thoughts on that. Um, Ewan Aitken is one. He's obviously gone downhill pretty quick. I think in prior seasons, he was a guy who had really good base and didn't score as many tries, and this season he's kind of reversed it, and he scores well when he scores a try, and when he doesn't, he's not going too well. Um, The last sort of five rounds, he's averaged about 43 points, Um, and he's obviously frustrated owners quite a bit. Only 400k at the moment. I don't know if I'd be trading him out for, you know, a Parramatta-Eels matchup where their backs have given up so many points. Likewise, Ryan Madison's been dumped by a lot of a lot of teams as well, and he's in the top 10 most traded out. With reasonable reason, um, I guess the thing with Madison for me um, is with centre wing so hard to judge, um, Madison still got 80 minutes on the weekend um, and still remained in the halves even with Sully on the bench. I tend to think that I'd probably want to hold him, but I would be frustrated if I owned either Aitken or Madison. Um, do you think that it's good to trade them out or would you just hold them and just sort of not play them until they show some form or where are you at on these sort of guys? See, the thing that's at Aitken, right? So he scored 37, 40, 44 and 46. That's all in base. Well, I don't see why the rush to dump him. I mean, you know, he's also got a decent matchup this week. So uh, I don't know why, like, I mean, he's, he's a consideration for your starting four, I reckon in the center wing position this week. But he's still getting through the work. It's just, yeah, like his base average for the year is still 34. So I, I don't see, I mean, yeah, sure, he's been a little bit down because he's had some decent matchups and not delivered. He's been thoroughly shown up on the field. I mean, uh, the trail gave him a bath. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. And um, Solomone Kata also scored two tries on him. Um, last week, so he's definitely been showing up lately. But from a Supercoach perspective, he's getting through the work. Um, I wouldn't be. I mean, if I saw, saw 40, 44, 46 on my centre wing uh, when he hasn't scored a try or gotten any attacking stats, I'd be like, I'd be like yeah, fair, fair enough. I'll take it. 
Yep. Um, so, yeah, no, I'd, I'd keep him. Madison is tough. I mean, he keeps getting shoved around. Uh, he was disappointing playing 5-8. But, you know, to score 31 playing in the half when he's made a couple of errors and, and penalties and things like that is you know, really not the worst flaw, um, especially in the centre wing. I mean, that's that's a better flaw still than half your centre wing options. And, you know, I mean, he was one, he was just cut out by Kronk for the two per try. Um, I mean, Madison could have probably plucked it out of the air and scored, but he let it go past him, made a good call there to give Tupo the easier chance of scoring the try. So, I mean, there's a very good chance he's going to be on the end of some attacking stats or, or part of the attacking stats because he's still got the skills to, to pass good ball. Those last, I, I, the last three weeks, they've got some good matchups too with the, the Raiders, the Broncos and the Eels. That's it. And it's just really tough. I, I don't... I mean, if, if they're the worst problem in your team, your, your team must be pretty good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how I sort of look at it, it, I think it's very, very team-specific. And I think that some coaches are making a decent decision getting rid of them, and some coaches are making not a very good decision. Um, so I think there's probably two sorts of teams. There's teams that um, have really good centre wing and have made really good decisions in putting their centre wing together. And they feel that they absolutely have to get a, a peachy in. Um, and the Peachy's going to outscore a Madison or an Aitken for the next month. If you've got, you know, a gun centre wing where you've nailed by bringing in Valentine Holmes already, Latrell Mitchell already, um, Ursan Masters already, and all these type of guys that you've already got in your centre wing, Rapana in there at the moment as well, you know, then it makes sense to me, and it's probably a good move to, to shaft either one of them. Um, where it doesn't make sense is if you've got a lot of bums in your centre wing, and this is something that me and you know a lot about because we've both got a lot of bums in our centre wing. So <laughs> I tend to think a lot of teams have a lot of bums in their centre wing because this year a lot of centre wings turn into bums. So I think that there's got to be a decent chunk of these Madison and Aitken owners that own someone like um, a Corey Oates, uh, even a Will Hopardy, held on to a Jared Hayne, um, these type of guys. Alex Johnston's another one. He's had a good run. But South have got a really tough run to finish the season off now. So I would be trading any of those guys um, over an Aitken, considering Aitken's next month of football. And I'd really be thinking hard about whether I'd let Madison go instead of one of those guys too. So if you've got some really crappy guys there, um, then I, I tend to be leaning towards keeping a Madison or an Aitken. And I guess the other thing I'll put to you as well, Wilfred, is... One of my gripes this year, I shouldn't really say it's a gripe, one of my things that I've been um, fascinated with is chasing last week's points has almost turned into chasing last month's points this year when you're talking about centre wing. So, like, you'll have someone like Valentine Holmes explode for a month and score 80 points a game for four weeks, and then guys will chase that. And we've seen time and time again with all these centre wing players that nobody does it throughout a whole year. Um, you know, all these guys have a tendency to get cold and fall off. So you're just as likely, if you trade someone in who's been really hot for four to six weeks, and you trade someone out like you and Aiken who's been cold for four weeks, you're just as likely to get the reverse of doing that. And Aiken's just as likely to sort of go on a three-week run of scoring 80 points, and Holmes is likely to go on and score 45 points. So to me, you just got to weigh that stuff up. I think that there's been a lot of chasing. 
Yep. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, like I said, I think para, tigers, bulldogs, knights, that's, that's Aiken's draw. I mean, it's pretty good. Um, so I wouldn't be rushing in to get it rid of him either. Yeah. Um, so let's move on from the, the outs. It's been um, an interesting one to review all of these. Um, and special shout-out to Corey Oates, who's still in my centre wing since we're talking about it. He's another one who's been an absolute yeah, bum. Yep. Have you still got him in there as well? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I am playing him dead set next week. <laughs> he will score against South. That's a big call because he has been awful. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He plays Faust. He's a he's a dead set gun. It just it's it's magical the transformation. It doesn't matter how bad he's playing when he steps foot against the the bunnies. He just turns it up a notch. All right. Well, I'll um. There you go. Everyone got a catfish special tip for next week on that one. So many um, eight owners playing next week. I'm going to still be benching because I can't stand that I've got him in my side. Um, this is the last couple of scores, right? 96, 108, 39, 50, 76. <laughs> yeah. I, I, has, a, has a knack of getting getting over the line against them. You're probably right with him. He's just he's just burned us so badly this year because, um, you know, I traded him in when he'd only not scored, you know, 60-plus points, I think, twice out of nine games or something, and one of them he got hurt in. Yeah. You know, so it was yeah. like it looked like the most solid trade in of all. And this is what I made about, you know, chasing last month's points or the last two months' points. I, ch- I chased the last two months' points with Corey Oates and I got rewarded with a 40 round average for the, the next six weeks. You know, it was just, it's just how it's gone. Um, so, center weeks has been a nightmare. Yeah. I think everybody sort of knows that. I've, I've earned him twice this year. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I got him in at the start of the year, I think um, probably like round six or seven or thereabouts. Um, actually, I can have a look. Yeah, I brought him in round seven. And when he left, oh, like four rounds later, maybe 70 grand. But yeah, it wasn't my best trade. This is why I've got no trades left. <laughs> All right, well, that's a good segue, Corey Oates, into the first matchup of the round, which is the Cowboys versus the Broncos at 1300 Smiles Stadium. Um, team news wise, Sean Fensom's out, but that's not big super coach news for the Cowboys. Um, the other news for the Broncos, though, is a little bit bigger with Kahu being axed, Boyd going back to fullback, and Azako moving to the right wing. So that means Osako is probably goal-kicking, which is a plus, but he's a lot better at fullback than when he is on the wing. And TPJ, like we mentioned, is um, is down to the reserves and probably not playing. And Josh Maguire is out with his suspension as well for pulling hair for the third time, I think, this season. So yeah. um, these ones are always really close. Um, the ones that I'm really looking forward to here, for Supercoach purposes... I am hoping that Oates gets um, back on the try-scoring list and is um, going to return to form. Milford has been quietly getting updated two or three times around as well. He got up to 62 points by the end of last round, um, which is pretty good. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching him. I reckon that he might have a good week this week. Um, and Cowboys-wise, Jonathan Thurston has really made quite the return to form, hasn't he? Yep. Last season... 
What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Turning up at the end. Yeah, he's got a three-round average of 73 and a five-round average of 63. So um, that coincides with me selling him as well. Um, so that's thanks, JT. That was good. Um, but other than that, there's not too much um, super coach excitement in this game. Do you see it as being a close one, or how do you see this one playing out? I reckon it will be close. There always seems to be close. Um, it's really tough. I mean... I don't think... I mean, if it was in Suncorp, I might be a bit more bullish about the Broncos getting up, especially after the, you know, their, their disappointing performance last week. But the Cowboys in, at home are always harder than, than elsewhere. The Cowboys have been playing some really good footy, actually, even though they lost last week. I think they completed at, you know 100% until like the 77th minute or something ridiculous like that. So they definitely didn't lose the game against the Roosters. They got beaten. So, if, I mean, if defensive Broncos turn up, I mean, if the Broncos that play against the Sharks turn up, I reckon the Broncos will win. Um, if they turn up like they did last week against the Bulldogs, then, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. As a Broncos fan, mate, I have to just stick the knife in a little bit. That was a terrible game last week. It was hard to watch. Yeah, let's not, let's not go there. <laughs> I swear, the, the Broncos, right, they, they have had such such an inconsistency and it's doing my head in. I mean, if you look at the teams that the Broncos have lost to, right? They've lost to the Titans, the Knights, uh, the Bulldogs, Manly. Um, Did they lose to the Eels? They lost to the Eels early in the season, didn't they? No, they beat the Eels. At least they beat the Eels. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, so every every other bottom eight team, pretty much, they've lost to. Yeah, it's been a yeah, tough they've... run. That's why Oates has gone so badly. Are you going to play Milford this week? Yeah, uh, I've got to back him. He he does all he does all right against the Cowboys generally. Uh, I think you know he's averaged around sixty seventy for the last four or five games against them. So yeah, I'll comfortably play him because I don't. I mean, I'll probably play Widop as well, but yeah. Got to back my boy. Well, yeah, well, you got to back your pods. One guy that I'm definitely backing to be back into my 17 this week is Jason Tomalolo, who I benched last week um, in a crazy move to try and get a more pottish second rower in there. And, um, yeah, it really hurt watching that game against my Roosters with um, Tomalolo covering it up. So I'm going to definitely be putting him for the cows. Um, Oates and um, Milford I'm going to have to have a think about, but... I reckon this is going to be a close one again. I reckon these two teams are going to bang out a, um, a two-point win one way or the other. I'm not sure which way it'll go. And I'm not too sure there'll be too many points either, to be honest. Yeah, I've got a feeling it's going to be something like an 18-16 scoreline. Yep. Sounds about right. There's, there's a ridiculous stat about one-point wins between these two sides over the last five years. So um, it's happened yeah. a crazy amount of time. So you can pretty much guarantee that the local derby is going to be close up there. Um, the next game, however, who knows what's going to happen here. The Warriors versus the Knights, 6pm on Friday. Um, the Warriors have got Lasoni um, suspended and Peter Hiku returns to the bench. Um, other than that, though, the only other big news is for the Knights. They've got Caelan Ponga um, and Mitchell Pearce both named, um, despite being in a little bit of doubt because of their um, injuries that they've been carrying for a little while. 
Um, there isn't a Connor Watson sighting, so he's still gone. I think yep. in this game, mate, I'm sweating bullets that I don't own Kalen Ponger. Um, he's he's primed for a matchup this week, so I'm going to be excited to watch him against the Warriors, but also really scared. Um, at the same time, um, I'm like you, I, I've got quite a few Warriors still in my team, and I'm definitely going to be playing RTS and Sean Johnson. And I'm going to be quietly hoping that, that both of those um, show a bit of form against the Knights because it is at Mount Smart Stadium. Yep, agreed, agreed, agreed. I am playing RTS, I'm playing Ponga, I'm playing SJ. I am not sure if I'm going to play first tour. I don't know if I have the balls to do it after being so disappointing. But he likes playing the Knights. Like, seriously, he likes playing the Knights. Yeah, I sold first tour to uh, Peachy and I've not looked back from that one. Um, so that's a fair call. So, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping he. Well, his last three scores: 105, 46, 140. So, hope he. I'll, I'll take a. I'll take an 80. All right. I won't be getting too greedy. I'll take 80. So this is your big call for this game. You reckon Fuse is going to go for 80? That's going to probably be a double. He's going to score. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who's on the left wing? Is it Nathan Ross? Let me have a look. Gen Zero. Surely. Well, you hope so, but I tell you Surely what, Dennis. he, yeah. Fusatua single-handedly got the Dragons back in that game last weekend. He made two yeah, or three the ball like three times. Ones. Yep. So yeah, uh, he's not in very good form. <laughs> so that's just the type of game that sets up Fusatua for a 180-point game. You know, he normally does this, he just busts out of nowhere. Be a brave man to start him, Wilfred, but I reckon that you might be right. He might get um, an 80-point win there. I'm going to make a big call here, though, that Sean Johnson and RTS are going to be the Nathan Cleary, Tyrone Peachy of this round, and they're going to combine for 200 points between them. That's my big call. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the next one after that, I'm looking forward to the most this round, and that's the Rabbitohs versus Roosters matchup. Should be a cracker of a game. Um, potentially might end up deciding the minor premiership depending on the results of the last few weeks. Um, yep. So we've got um, some bad news for Adam Duho. His ACL was confirmed as gone, so he's out for the season. Yep. He got replaced by Richie Kenner. So we've got all these old cheapies from the start of the season that made us so much money starting to return. Hickey's back in the team. Kenner's back in the team. All these great cheapies <laughs> coming back. Um, yep. And then for the Roosters, um, they've named an unchanged side. So they've still got Madison at six, um, and everything else is still the same. It looks like they're still going to keep O'Sullivan at 17. So there is a little bit of a concern whether they will decide to change it up or not. Uh, I don't think O'Sullivan got on the field last week. So whether they decide to do that again and waste that bench spot, I'm not sure that they will. Um, so it's going to be a bit of an interesting one. But other than that, it's just a really good real-life matchup um, that might be a cracker of a football game, but it has me a little bit worried for Supercoach scoring. Yeah, look, I can certainly understand that. Um, I think of the... I mean, I'm sure we've all got plenty of rabbits and roosters in our team, so, I mean, Cook's a must-start. I think Sam Burgess, you're going to roll him out. I think if you've got Cody Walker, you're probably leaning towards benching him, right? I mean, Roosters are the best defensive side in the comp right now, so... I'd, do, I'd definitely bench Walker and uh, Alex Johnston. 
Yeah, that's fair. Um, what about Angus, Mighty Angus? Yeah, he's a tough one. You know, I, I tell you what, one of the I looked at him. I know you got him in what about five or six weeks ago, and um, I was quite jealous that he did because I wanted him and he, he went really well. But I looked at him maybe two weeks ago and decided not to do it because I was looking ahead and from the Roosters onwards, Souths have a really torrent run of games, um, which I didn't think Angus was going to hit the attack for. Obviously, guys have a lot of second row options that they can put in. Like I know with me, I'm having to leave out guys like Tom Alola last week killed me. I, I think I'd be leaving out Angus this week, but I just think that there's too many good players that you can put in instead. Um, and also guys like Arrow returned to form last week and got a 73 and pretty much in base. So, yep. I mean, I, I'd leave him out. Would, are you going to? You own him? I've actually owned him since round eight. I traded Tohu Harris for him. Oh, um, that's right. I've yep. pulled him for, had him for a long time. Anything good. Um, I think I'm going to play him. Um, I would have liked it if he was running at Kiri more than Madison, but uh, I think I will play him just because he still, he looks like he's not doing much, but every time I look at his stats, he's always sitting around the 50-60 mark in base. And for an edge back rower, that's that's great. Right. And then, you know, he's such a good line runner. He's always got a chance of getting a line break or, you know, if he, he runs a good line near the near the, near the try line, he, he's always a chance of getting over. So I think, you know, unless you've got, say, you know, a back row of, Jake, Tamalolo, Arrow, Nathan Brown, Brown or, and Reese Martin, and you're rolling all of them out, I think, yeah, I'd probably play those five ahead of Angus. But, yeah, like I think he's certainly still close to your top 17, for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of the top coaches have built their teams pretty strong in the forwards, so there's just so many options in the second row. So uh, I think a lot of teams are actually yeah. built like that, like you just mentioned. Like, I've got, you know, Gerbo... Um, Arrow and uh, Reese Martin and Tom Alolo, and I can't see myself benching any of those guys for a Crichton. Um, I just think it'll be too hard. Yeah, I mean the only player I don't have is Jake, but I've got you know Martin Brown, Arrow, Lolo, and Angus, and bloody Brian Madison sitting in my second row. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a tough matchup, um, tough call on Crichton. But now that we've said that, he's probably going to bust out a try somehow. Um, it is also the. You kind of think it's yeah, future club, right? Yeah, that's what I was about so to say. Going to want to put in a good performance there. Yep, that should be a cracker of a game. I can't wait. Um, first Saturday game, I can't wait for as well. It's the Titans versus the Panthers. This is the game. <laughs> this is the game that you've been buying all those Panthers for. Um, so the Pan- the Titans actually give up. The most points in the league for super coach fullbacks and for super coach halfbacks for the opposition. Um, so Peachy and Cleary look great. We've got Jai Arrow um, playing good minutes last week as well. The only real big one here, it's not even a big one, Keegan Hipgrave returns in the second row and Will Matthews goes to the bench. Um, that's the only change for the Titans. Regan Campbell-Gillard goes back to the starting side for the Panthers, and that's the only supercoach change for the Panthers. Um, but I'm just salivating, Wilfred. This just has tons for all the Panthers players written all over it with the coach gone and all these factors in there. It just looks great. 
Yeah, that's what I said a couple of weeks back when I, you know, had SJ RTS just to uh, all my Warriors ready to roll against the Titans. You know, like you said, the uh, same stats, you know, top top scores for opposition halfbacks and opposition fullbacks. Yeah, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> no, I played RTS and SJ that week too and I captained SJ and um, yeah, it didn't go well. But Yeah, I captained RTS. <laughs> Titans, um, Panthers is a different matchup, and I dare say yeah, the Panthers are going to really step up, and I do, I do think they're a different side to the Warriors. So um, I'm, I'm going to have a big call to make here on VC or C, and I'm looking at um, potential pod VC for Tyrone Peachy, um, or for Nathan Cleary, or even an outright C on Nathan Cleary. Um, I'd be keen to consider as well. Yeah, I think it's a great call. Like, Cleary's going to have that decent floor with the goal kicking, and he he's a hard worker in defence anyway. So he often gets, you know, twenty five to thirty tackles. You know, takes a line on a couple of times, and then you know kicks five to ten goals. That's seventy points right there. Yep, and I benched um, Kiko on the weekend as well because I was a bit worried about his calf, and he was apparently fine. So. I'm definitely going to have to play him this week. And I'm pretty sure that the Titans pack, their edge defence or their forwards does give away a lot of super coach points to opposing forwards as well. That's hip grab there, yeah. Lock, lock a cow in for Artane. <laughs> hip grab is so bad. He's so bad. In so many different ways. And he's uh, he, between his penalties and his missed tackles and everything, yeah. Um, I, I reckon Kikau's definitely going to get a line break on the weekend and about five or six TBs is, is just a given. So, um, yeah, it's, this is a great matchup. If you own any... Do you own any Titans players still? Have you still got Branko Lee sniffing around your centre wing? Yeah, I've still got Branko. I've still got Branko. So, um, and I've also got Brimson, actually. <clears throat> oh, OK. Well, yeah, Brimson I makes think. sense, but, um, geez, you've, you've really held on to Branko, haven't you? Well, I just have the trade. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the one nice score he got where he got 90-plus, I benched him that week to play for Satua. Oh. Same game. So, Arrow, are you going to be starting him, Wilfred? Is he making your starting side for your pack? Yeah, I think I will play him. I mean, even if he doesn't get the 73 minutes or however many he played last week, I still think, you know, he's, he's such a workhorse. If he plays 60... Uh, I think he'll score close to 55, 60 just in base. And, you know, there's always a potential for him to get some attacking stats. Um, he's got a nice offload on him. And, you know, the Panthers gave up 30 points to the Raiders. So they certainly aren't, you know, defensive powerhouses. And that's been a problem for them all year. So, yeah, I, I think I'll play him and, you know, hope he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, it was positive last week. He didn't have that strapping on the leg anymore. So um, he seems to be over that knee injury pretty well, especially with the minutes. So, yeah, this one's a great yeah. one. I can't wait to watch this game. Um, just for super coach reasons, it's probably going to be a terrible football game, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, I mean, you're going to go from one of the games of the season, probably, um, <laughs> to, to a shambles of a game where a try scored every five minutes. Oh, it'll be great for Supercoach. It'll be great for Supercoach. For real life, you're probably better off going up to the local park and watching the second grade reserves run around, but that's fine. Um, we're all, all for Supercoach here. The next game that's is Seagulls versus Bulldogs. Um, this one's over at Lotto Land, and 
for the both of these sides, there's not a hell of a lot of changes, um, and neither of these sides are making the top eight anyway. So no changes for the Manly side, and with the Bulldogs side, they've got Clemmer coming back uh, from suspension, um, and also Jeremy Marshall King is returning at halfback for Matt Frawley. Slightly surprised at that because Frawley only just came back in, replacing Marshall, and I don't know why you do that with a halfback just for a week or so. Um, but they've done I it. I wonder if it was an injury for, for Marshall King. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, it might have been, and they didn't want to risk him. Um, so I mean, I'm not looking forward to much in this one. I don't. Um, I only own Reese Martin from a Bulldogs perspective, um, and he's an automatic play every week, and hopefully gets a lot of goals against the Seagulls. Um, and Gerbo, I'm going to be starting as well. I tell you what, um, Sean Lane. How? Sean Lane. Oh, yeah, I've got Takao as well. Sorry, you're right. So I do have a few guys in there. but um, yeah. yeah, I think that I am. Um, it's, I'm pretty sure that he's going to step up. It's one of those things where a lot of the um, players, even if they're a couple of clubs removed from their old clubs, they always like to, they always like to step up. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just really worried about this one, Wilfred, because I don't own Tommy Turbo. That's that's really the the elephant in the room for me. Um, I'm worried that he's going to go for a big one. Yeah, me too. And not, I mean, I haven't owned Tommy or Jake all year, and it's been it's been not fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been challenging. Uh, I've enjoyed playing the season without you know, Latrell, um, Tommy. Jake and no Teddy now. So <laughs> I'm going backwards. <laughs> You're giving yourself some challenges, that's for sure. Um, Tommy Turbo is a guy that I don't own that I'm worried about in this one, like I said. But another couple of guys for pod players. Uh, DCD's hit some nice form. He um, scored close to a ton on the weekend. Uh, and Sean Lane, um, I was going through the stats um, preparing for the pod and um, I was really surprised. Last five round average, Sean Lane's in the top 10 players. Um, and he's just been um, chugging along really nicely. Obviously scored a double on the weekend, but he has outperform- outperformed Jake Trevojevich. Yeah, he's been surprisingly good. Um, just You know, he's so dangerous when he's got the ball in hand because he's so tall. Yep. So he just needs to get close to the trial line, and it's like, it's like Inspector Gadget reaches out and just plants the ball down. <laughs> well, And he's got a nice offloader in him as well. So he gets some attacking stats from try assists and stuff like that as well. Yep. He's um he's got a lot of tools that make him really good for Supercoach. Um I enjoyed owning him earlier in the year, made about hundred and fifty K off him and moved him on. Um I really don't know what way this this game's gonna go. I mean I could see it the Bulldogs trying to grind one out and, you know, having an eighteen fourteen slugfest. Or I could just see it being, you know, a thirty six thirty two close one <laughs> with a lot of tries scored. I've really got no idea. Do you do you see this going one way or another? It really depends which teams show up. Hey, like the Bulldogs, they've actually been quite decent for the past month. Um, I mean, they they completed almost 100 percent for most of the game against the Broncos last week. So it was the Broncos playing bad that made the game feel worse than it was because the Bulldogs weren't actually going that poorly, from what I saw anyway. Um, and you know they've they've knocked off a couple of tough teams, teams that they were expected to lose to. So, yeah, I can see if they turn up, um, they might actually sneak a win. But, you know, Manly, if they 
they show up and play properly. Uh, you know, like they did against the Sharks. I mean, if they do that against the Bulldogs, they'll blow them away. Yeah. So. I agree. Um, I, I tend to think even if Manly are on, though, that they're going to let in some tries. So I think that Reese Martin's guaranteed three goals, I reckon, at minimum. So he's um, he's probably looking pretty good. And they're, Manly's pack's a bit soft sometimes, too. So I'm sneakily considering a Brimson to DCE trade. Wow. Slightly. That's a that's a big call. So you so, without a full clear, you know. <laughs> uh, but DCE is he's he's four sixty seven K, right? Um he's got the Bulldogs obviously this week. He's got the goal kicking back. And then I mean his last couple of rounds, Titans next week, Tigers and then Broncos. Not that bad at all. No, it's quite a good pod call there. Um yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that if I couldn't get Cleary. Of course, I'd be upset and crying in a corner for the next month if I couldn't afford Cleary, but, you know. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Well, the game after this one is Eels vs. Dragons, um, the Sunday night, 7.31. And here we've got a big reshuffle for the Eels, which is quite interesting. So, rookie Jamon Salmon is starting at 5'8". Um, Corey Norman to fullback. Gutherson at centre, Hayne to wing, and Bevan French out of the side. Will Smith returning on the bench. Um, and for the Dragons, we've got Paul Vaughan out with his ankle injury for a few weeks. Armel is going to be starting, and Blake Laurie added to the bench. The funny thing with this one, Wilfred, is um, I lost by 60 points on the weekend to a, in a head-to-head comp, and it was because they looped with Blake Laurie, and it was their only nuff that they had. Um, and I've also seen people that have been playing the last couple of weeks do the same thing to me with Salmon. So it might actually stuff up a couple of uh, nuffs that people brought in um, with those couple of guys playing now. Nice. Yeah, I think um, I'm very interested to see how he's going to go as 5'8", um, Salmon, because he's, yeah, that's his position. And I know it doesn't mean much, but in the preseason, I think Buzz Rothfield picked Salmon as his Rookie of the Year, um, given even though he wasn't named in round one. So he obviously had a really high opinion of him. Uh, but he ended up getting really hurt. I think he hurt his neck and shoulder, so he almost you know, could have been written off altogether. But um, he recovered, and then he's been playing quite well and obviously earned himself a, a start um, last week. So I'll be very interested to see how he goes at 5'8". Yeah, I'm assuming this is the guy they're letting go, then they're going to try and push out Norman to keep this guy. So, big call. Yeah, it is. Or I mean, the other thing too is that they um, they're apparently trying to push Bevan French out as well. So, yeah, maybe if they retain Norman, this is how it looks at his fullback. So I understand why they're doing it. Um, it does mean as well. Um, Nathan Brown's like a certainty to get his eighty minutes with the way their bench is with Will Smith. Kane Evans, Penny Terrapo, and Brad Taccarini. Um, that's great news for Nathan Brown. He scored 69 points last week, so I'd be excited if I was a Brown owner. But uh, yep. the most exciting thing for me is um, only Dragons. So this was one of the matchups I had circled for guys like Tim Laffey. Um I also had it circled for Nene McDonald, but he's in Jersey 19, so we can hope for um, a return maybe. An hour before kickoff, we can get some confirmation. He'll get pushed into the side. Um, but Gareth Widdop is obviously a big one here. I, I put the C on him last week, and I was actually quite happy that he got 52 points because watching the game, I thought it was going to be about 30 points. 
Um, <laughs> this might be the week just to leave the C on him. Yeah, well, it's certainly an option. Um, I mean, playing at A's at Stadium, so it's not, not Cogra, which is his go-to, which is the place where you normally put the C on it. But, I mean, the Eels... Just, the Eels are tough. They've actually been pretty decent the last couple of weeks as well. And I guess that's why they're no longer Spoon's favourites. That could be the Cowboys. But who knows with the Dragons, right? They're choking so bad. Yet again, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Really tough call. They are choking really badly. But I just... I, I can't believe that they can continue to play as badly as what they have been. Because that game last week was just terrible. Um, I, I just can't see them not bouncing back even a little bit. And the Eels as well. Like, you know, they're, they're kind of out of wooden spoon distance now. And guaranteed in the next few weeks, they're going to have a an absolute horrid game where they just don't show up and they just get pumped. So this could be the game. Yeah. Um, this very well could be the game. And especially with the shift around, um, I don't know if Corey Norman is that happy with Parramatta. And he's at fullback, so I don't know if he's going to do too much. Um, you got Salmon in the halves. I'm sure they're going to attack that side all day. Um, and Jared Hayden on the wing as well um, is out of position for him. I know he's played there before, but he's been playing either fullback or centre for most of the year. Um, I just reckon that this one's got the writing on the wall for a Dragons bounce back to form and a really poor Eels game. That's sort of how I'm seeing it play out. Yeah, look, I think that's a valid, valid, um, you know, reasoning. Uh, I just it's so hard to trust the the dragons right now. I, um, I just don't know. I think if you've got Whitt, you've got to play him because the kind of games you kept him for. Um, I'm really hoping Nene sneaks it on, sneaks in because if he if he's in, I think I will play him too uh, over for Satur, most likely. Well, I need to decide what to do about Tim Laffer, Um because he broke my heart on the weekend when he <laughs> went over for that try and he, he tried just to stay upright to push Roger Tuovazashek off instead of just going to ground to score. You know, it's yeah. it was maddening. Um, but these are the sort of games I have him for. But um, my centre wing's quite stacked at the moment, so it's a pretty big decision whether I play Tim Laffer or Corey Oates. I think if you're talking between the two, I think I'd lean towards Laffer. Yeah, that's what I've got at the moment. Um, so that, that one looks like a pretty good one. I I tend to think that with at least a safe sort of 50s, I don't think you can flop too much in this one if you do put the C on him. Yeah, that's fair. Surely he gets one try assist at least. Yeah, and a few goals too. Um, so the next one, Raiders... Well, at least you... Yep. I was going to say, you'd expect him to at least pass the ball to um, Tariq Sims, who's going to run over Mitchell Moses to score. Oh, I forgot about the obligatory Mitchell Moses run over try that someone's got to do every game. Yep, you're right. <laughs> That'll happen. So there we go. Tick. We'll go for the C for Widdop and the VC for Cleary. Um, next one was the Raiders versus Tigers. This is another one where these two teams have actually got a bit of a history of scoring a lot of points in their games. And the Tigers of uh, the first third of the season of you know eight six winners and stuff is well well and truly in the rearview mirror. It's not happening anymore. Um, so, I guess no changes for the Raiders and for the Tigers. Um, Watani's at least now replaces Thompson, who's out for the season with an ankle injury. Uh, 
this I told you it was a round of our favourite cheapies of the year returning for cameos. Mahe Fanua is on the extended bench waiting to return. Another great cheapie this season. Yeah. Um, but the big one for me, Wilfred, is Urso Masters' form has been really good um, of late. He's been pretty solid. And I'm thinking that he might have one of his 100-point um, uh, games against this Raiders side um, if it's a high-scoring shooter. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, I just, it's just so high because I don't know what side Leipana's going to be on. That's the thing. Like, if he's on the left side, then I do like Masters on BJ. I really, I really like that because BJ's for all his attacking glory, he's really not good at defense. He's so bad. And Masters will just, he will just tear him up easy. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll clearly just target him and get him one on one as much as possible. But I just don't know if he's on that side. I mean, having said that, um, who else have they got? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's Blake Austin. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Masters, great, great pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually hoping that, that this game was a bit earlier in the round because um, I've thrown the VC on Masters a couple of times this year, and this would have been one of the ones where I would have had to have considered it. Um, yeah, and eh, I don't think people can do it in head to head finals, but uh, starting this week, but. If you're not worried about that or you're chasing overall or your season's really lost and you're just going to go out there for a, a, a Benny Bargawan type of pod for your C, for your C this week, um, Masters C will be about as good a pod option as what you'll get for your captaincy, I reckon. It would be a massive Hail Mary play if you're really down, for example, yeah. in head-to-head. Like, I don't mind that, to be honest. But, geez, I think you'd, you'd probably want to put the C on... Rapata or something like that, right? The the Raiders always seem to just tear up the Tigers like massively. I think um, like last year, I think Croker outscored the Tigers by himself. Okay, I think he scored twenty two points in goal kicks and a try, and I think the Raiders won like fifty four. 20 or something like that. It's a ridiculous score. Yeah, like, this this um, game smells like there's at least 60 points in it between the two teams. Yeah, it just seems like it's a, it's a constant flogging that the Tigers dish up against the Raiders. They just get flogged all the time. I think that the Tigers are going to um, make it a bit closer this week. Um, segwaying into yeah, a little, little bit of sports betting. Mm-hmm. The Tigers have opened up as $2.50 outsiders, which is pretty big. So, you know, I'd be taking the 10-point start with that and getting the ninety odds because it's pretty good. So... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even even this year, the Raiders, 48-12 at Campbell Town, and they're at home this week. Yeah, it is a GIO, so, yeah, it's it's a good one for Supercoach. Um, I've only got Tuppany from the Raiders in my side, um, and I'm not going to play him. So I'm pretty scared of what... Um, some of these Raiders players could do this week. And I'm hoping that it's not going to cost me some head-to-head matchups. So yeah. let's um, no. let's just move past that Raiders game because it's worrying me by the minute. And um, we'll talk about our last game that we've got of the round, TLT, Storm versus Sharks. This one's going to be another cracker. These two sides got a bit of a rivalry going since that grand final. They seem to have a little bit of bad blood. Billy Slater's just announced his retirement. Um, perfect timing to get up this weekend and for the Storm to try and wheel them towards a premiership for Slater. Um, as far as the sides go, Vinavalu returns on the wing for Chase Blair. Nothing else for the Storm. Uh, the Sharks side, they've got no changes at all. 
um, with Wade Graham returning last week, as we said. So both sides are almost at full strength, pretty much. Um, it looks like a, a bit of a cracker, but most of the time, Wilfred, these ones don't go so well for Supercoach scoring. It's tough. I mean, this is the game early in the season where you saw, I think it was like 33 penalties. Yeah, it was a terrible, terrible game of football. Yeah, I mean, you kind of think, is it going to be round two? Because these teams really don't like each other and they're super grubby. Like, even when they play each other normally, they're super grubby. Um, I want to see Will Chambers and Paul Gallon go at it. I want to see a... I want to see a... Round two with those guys because they went at it last game. Which is so funny, isn't it? The big gal chasing after an outside back. <laughs> well, Will, Will Chambers wants it for some reason. I think uh, Will Chambers yeah. is very lucky that no punching rule came in because he would be about 78 players punching bags the last couple of years. I think it's funny though because I think he, he can actually throw them. So he wouldn't care. He'll have the crack back. Yeah, I think him and Gal would be a pretty good one, though. I'm pretty sure I'd be putting my money on Gal in that one. Yeah. The semi-professional boxer that normally he'd... wins out. Yeah. I'd, I'd back that, too. <laughs> so are you going to um, play any of these guys? I've, for me, I've got Cameron Smith, and I'm considering benching him. I don't own anyone else, but, geez, I tell you what, Cameron Munster's really been stinking it up lately, and I would be inclined to be yeah. benching him as well. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I... The fact that it's the last round, um, last game of the round, is it's a big issue for me. I, I don't, I mean, Couture is my other option if I if Smith's out or, or whatever. So I'm more than likely going to bench him just out of safety. Yep. Uh, which is crazy, right? But um, yeah, I just think you know it could be an ugly game again. He only scored twenty. Yeah. Well, ah, of course he scored twenty one that game when he got Simbind. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that was classic. Um, yeah, I'll, I think I would lean towards just... Um, sorry, no, I'm looking at the wrong Cameron. My bad. He didn't go that quite that bad against the Sharks early in the year. Yeah, I think... FIFA, so not much better. FIFA is the one that's got a pretty good record, I think, of playing in these Storm games. Um, I think all the rest of the backs and and, and hookers aren't, aren't that great. So, I mean, if I, if I had for feeder. I think I'd be considering playing him, but the ultimate anti-pod move might be benching both Smith and Valentine Holmes because I think everybody's going to play those two guys and I think both of those um, have a high chance of not scoring fans. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I think unless you've got quite a deep centre wing, like, it's hard to imagine who, how many players you could bench Holmes for, you know, unless you have six or seven options like available. Um, if you get a couple of knots in there, then you might only have five or six picks. So yeah, you know, tough anyway. call. I'm glad uh, I, I'm glad I don't have yeah. too much in this one because um, I'd be a bit worried, especially at the end of head-to-head matchups at the last game. I wouldn't want to be relying yeah. on on Holmes and Smith getting me home, for instance. It could be really tough that last one. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I think it'll be fun to watch because they're probably going to kill each other, but. Yeah, not not great for Supercoach. Yeah, and I, d- I did need to mention too, Fafita does still need to pass the concussion protocol because he failed his HIA last game. But um, he probably should. Um, 
Having said that, everything I said about him having a good record against the Storm, um, the Storm defence actually concedes the least points to props in Supercoach, which is an interesting stat. So um, they've got that stat for the Storm, but then Paul Gallen averages almost 88 points against the Storm over his career. So <laughs> it's yeah. it's kind of Fafita and Gallen bucket. Second row. Yeah. They, they count him in second row, right? Yeah, they do for those stats. I mean, for feeder bucks, that trend as well with the Storm. But, um, yeah, it's it's such a tough call. I'm glad I don't have too much skin in that game. Uh, and that's yeah. it. I mean, for feeder, 53, 62, 65, 62, 69, 81. So not, not like super outstanding, but, you know, not bad either. So he's uh, probably a safe play if he does pass his HIA protocol. Yep. Yep, agreed. All right, well, that'll wrap up the pod for this week, Wilfred. Thanks for jumping on again. I hope you have a, um, a good week in your head-to-heads and in your um, climb back for overall status for the last month as well. Yeah, thanks. I haven't given up hope on that keyring, so hopefully I'll sneak back in. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we'll both have keyrings together by the time we get to round 25. Sounds good, mate. Thanks All right. for having me. Thanks, mate. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, you can download us on SoundCloud and stream us from there or download as normal. Also on iTunes, follow us on NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars on Twitter. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. Head to head finals is starting this week, so good luck in all your matchups. Make sure you get a couple of good pods in the sides. Uh, and for all your overall players, business end of the season. Hope it goes well for you on the home stretch. We'll chat again next week. <laughs>